This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, get your pin in your pad together. We have the CEO of Westpac Wealth. Yes, Wealth. He's uh, with us all the way from San Diego, Nash Sabatage, and he's going to give us the game, not just on wealth, but why diversity is important. He's originally from Bosnia. He knows something about, you know, how global wealth works. He also knows, if you know about Bosnia, he left when he was about 13 in the Civil War. So he knows about loss and getting it the hard way. Some of you guys say out of the mud. But Nash, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you, Kellen. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing great. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit, uh, it's a breakfast, early time, coffee time for me. And, and I'm excited to be on your show. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I, I gave just a little bit of the background and I know diversity is um, why, what you're really talking about, but give right. folks just some of the, the resume to say, oh, wow, this guy is why, you know, he is who he is and who I said you were and I just didn't make it up. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Karen. Well, I, I came to this country 22 years ago as a basketball player. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, I didn't speak English. So I couldn't go to the four year university. I had to go to junior college first so I can learn English and, and, play, and play ball and uh, uh, spend one year in Nebraska, second year in Florida, Panama City. I, I graduated from junior college there. And then I went all the way on the West Coast to Honolulu, Hawaii. Um, a, a place, it's a, it's a beautiful place. I graduated from Hawaii Pacific University, played basketball. Then in 2002, I got into the financial services business and, and, and started Westpac in 2007, which is, you know, one of the largest privately owned wealth management firm on the West Coast today. And um, really build it from the scratch, you know, just build a business and, 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 and try to make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, when you, when you see my background, I, I've been all over the world, right? Lived in Europe, you know, came to the States, you know, lived in Midwest, East Coast, uh, then went to the West Coast, uh, Hawaii, and then the West Coast, and, and just met a lot of different people and, and, and really embraced diversity at, at all levels, you know, probably because me being an immigrant, I think I had a little bit of a different way of looking at things. I think um, I, I was probably more um, coming in and, and just enjoying the diversity, just enjoying different cultures, different people. Um, and I like to say diversity, diversity is the strength, right? It's something that um, everybody's talking about in the last, you know, couple of months and, and, and the issues that we've been having in the country. But um, we've, been, we've been always... Uh, uh, looking to add different people to our firm and, and, and just embrace that. And, and I feel that we are in 2040, you know, when everybody else might be stuck in the 1970s in a lot of these different things. I think we, we are way ahead of the game. And, um, you know, we, we've been featuring the Inc. Magazine is one of the most diverse companies, not just in financial services, but, but in different, different areas. And, and, uh, and the reason why, because we have, you know, five managing partners and, and we have, you know, 
one Asian, one black, one white American, one white and two white Europeans. So it's a very, <laughs> it's a very uh, diverse, diverse game. So that's just a little bit of a highlight about me. The, the company is obviously uh, close to 200 people now and, and, and seven states, you know, Hawaii, San Diego, Vegas, Arizona, Montana, Portland, Bay Area, uh, Orange County, and uh, just been growing and, 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 and enjoying the moment. Now, was that intentional? Because everyone talks about diversity, but a lot of times, you know, diversity starts with who your own circle is. And if your own circle only looks like you, no matter where you are in the world, I mean, it sometimes can make sense why things look a certain way. So yeah. was it intentional to say, I need to have people from all over the yeah. world? It's never, it's never been intentional. It's just, I, I think... And I'm going to be very, very straight with you what I see it's happening today. Everybody wants to talk about diversity and they want to hire people with a diverse background when they're in their 40s or 50s, when they already become successful, right? Because they know this is the right thing to do. We've been hiring diversity. We've been, we've been bringing the diversity in from their from the get-go, from the people when they graduate from college, from their 20s, and now these people are successful. Now, you did mention the circle. Yeah, I lived in Hawaii, right? It's a place where there's, a, you know, 70 to 80% is, is non-Caucasian environment, right? So naturally, I was surrounded with people that didn't look like me, and, and I was able to build a relationship uh, with these with people. And, 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 and I think to me, it just came in naturally. Then I moved into California, you know, pretty diverse place, you know, a lot of people look different, you know, there's a lot of Latino people, a lot of, a lot of different, and I just, I just, I just got to know different, uh, different nationalities, you know, and, and, and it hasn't been intentional. It just has been natural, right? Now, if you embrace it from the get-go, then it's natural. I think if you start being intentional about it, I think people feel it. I think people know it. I think people, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not organic, you know? So for us, it's never been, it's just been who we are. It's been part of our DNA. And I never wanted to make, you know, decisions that are driven by, oh, let's do this because this is the right thing to do. No, it, what's the right thing to do is to give people opportunities, you know, and mentor them and, and grow them and, and work with them and build with them. And, and, um, and quite frankly, we have 30 different nationalities in the farm. It's not, it's not just about, it's not just about, okay, we're going to have some people uh, that look different. No, we, we have different nationalities, you know, and, 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 uh, and that's the reason why our company grew so fast because we have so much diversity that everybody who wants to do business with us and a lot of these immigrants, they come in from, from different countries. Um, they don't know how the financial world works here and, and they need a lot of help and, and they feel they found comfort in a, in a, in a fact that, you know, we are so diverse. Okay. And if any, just a warning, if anybody hears any type of cost that if we're going to do our best to make everything that's clear, but with zoom being one of the most popular things out there, sometimes we're sharing so much airspace, just throwing that out there. Um, in case, you know, there's, there's anything glitchy. But with diversity comes the, you know, inclusion and making sure everybody feels comfortable. I find that as a man, I've even had to check myself 
because my wife is like, hey, I think you pay your guys differently than you pay your, your women. And I said, I don't think so. And she, runs, she ran some examples down to me a few years back. And I was like, oh, but they do different jobs, different skill sets. So how do you make everybody comfortable and also on the fairness of pay? Uh, how do you, you know, manage that? Because I've, I've struggled even myself. Yeah, no, Kellen, that, that's, a, that's a great conversation. That's a great question. Uh, and, um, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you the answer there really that I, that, that, that I think you're looking for because I'm, I'm part of an organization. Our business is based on percentage. So it's, it's just not me determining, you know, how much I'm going to pay Rich or Kellen or, or Jane or, or anybody. Uh, it's about what they produce in the business, right? We, we are in the financial business and, and as many clients as you get, that's what your life is going to look like now. Um, so for me to give you that answer, I, I uh, fortunately, I didn't have to, you know, I, I don't really make those decisions about how much our advisors are going to get paid. They determine their own destiny. But when it comes to our staff, um, you know, it's been, it's been really, really uh, a standard of what those positions require. So, uh, but I would say 80 to 90% of the people in our firm are really working, working on the percentage basis. It's, it, this is their business. You know, this is, this is not what Nash or Rich or Westpac is going to determine their destiny. So um, I didn't have those issues. I didn't have to make those issues, but certainly uh, we try to be very inclusive uh, and, and, and really look for the right personality, look for the right fit. And, and I'm big on culture, you know, I'm big, I'm big, I'm huge on culture. And, and if somebody doesn't fit the culture, um, we don't make out, we don't, we don't hire them, you know, and, and to me, that's more important than what the person has done in the past, as far as the, uh, production and business, just because, you know, it takes only one, bad apple to influence others and, and just to create something that we, that we don't want to have in our company. So we really, really stand um, for culture of love, for culture of inclusion, for culture of diversity, for culture of hard work, for culture of teamwork, for culture of sharing of all of our intellectual capital. And, and I always talk about collective responsibility, right? You know, if, if, if Kellen will come to our firm, uh, we are all responsible to help Kellen build his business or her business. Uh, because at the end of the day, we're all going to prosper because of that. So that, the concept of collective responsibility is in our DNA. So it's not just like you're coming into the firm and, and you are on your own and somebody else is on it. You know, we all have responsibility to help each other. And, and I think I instill that. And that's very important to me. So if somebody comes in and it's an egomaniac and it's all about him or her, probably not a great fit for us. Yeah. <laughs> probably not a great fit for us. If, if you can talk even more what that, you know, the culture of your company looks like, because a lot of times I think when diversity and inclusion are being thrown around, especially like in the news and government sector, it's like, well, we're going to have to totally like do a 180 inside of our, um, our office. And maybe if we want Africans have to put kente cloth or something, I'm being silly when I say right, that, right. or if we're going to have, you know, a, uh, Asian culture, we need to make sure, you know, we have the New Year banner, which is right. a bad thing. But yeah. people sometimes try to say, well, we don't want to change the full culture because we're used to this. But if we yeah. read books like Tribes and Seth Godwin, when he talks about you have to find your tribe and your right. Right. look like anything, if you can right. talk about the culture of your company and yeah. how you boost it in. 
So you're making some, so you're making some great points and, um, uh, uh, you know, culture, if you want to have a culture of diversity, uh, you have to be able to, first of all, you have to be so wide and global thinker. You've got to understand the history. You've got to understand the global situation. You've got to be very sensitive, right? And, and, and let me tell you, let me tell you the biggest thing that I'm, you know, I, 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 li- I like to talk about emotional intelligence a lot. And emotional intelligence, there's, there's four parts to it. But one part of the emotional intelligence is, is, is being socially aware, you know, and what's socially aware? Like if, you, if you're going to see somebody who is from China, you're not going to say, are you from Japan? Because you need to understand that they've been killing each other for how for, many for, You know what I mean? You're not going to say that, right? I mean, you, you got to have that in you to understand that. And uh, we always uh, celebrate the fact that, you know, we, we celebrate different kinds of cultures. You know, I'm, I'm big on not recognizing one or two things and, and you know, feeling like people need their own tribe. We are the tribe for them. We are that whole nation and we are all working together and, 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 and I'm embracing that. I think it starts from the leadership and it's going all over because our leadership, you know, when you have a company that the leadership looks all white, all Asian, all black, all Latino, but guess what? Then you're going to need some tribes. But when you have a leadership that, my partner is black and I'm a, a European Caucasian and Phil is Asian Korean. Guess what? Everybody that comes to this company is going to feel that they're part of the tribe because the leadership is like that. So I think it has to do with leadership, right? If your leadership team and executive team is diverse, the company is going to be diverse. That's, that's really what I think it helped us. So people don't feel that they need a tribe. Okay. That, that's the best way I would explain that. Uh, uh, just because we, we have that on the top and we have that everywhere else. And that's where the ink, you know, that's what we got into the ink. And you know, the ink asks us, well, how did you do that? Well, we hired people in their 20s and we mentored them, we developed them. And I, I'm a, my culture is promote from within. I like to bring people up, right? I don't, I'm not a huge fan of bringing people from the outside of our culture and put them in an executive position or leadership position. I'm just not, I'm just not I don't think that that, projects what I'm trying to build. So I like to hire people young, build them up, you know, you know, and, 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 and get it done. So that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about that. Okay. I might come back to that build, build them up, but I want to, I want to ask because you have a unique background of being from Bosnia. Yes. And I remember watching and, you know, reading when the war was going on, um, you and I are, probably similar ages. Yeah, yeah. I'm, 41, I'm 41, so I was, I was 13 at the time of the war. You kind of grew up overnight. It was, uh, it, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Can you talk about even, you know, in, in dealing with culture, I mean, here you are in Bosnia and you're having a civil war. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, when you come here, people can say, okay, white, black, this, that, the other. But there, it's like, the, the fight that left over 100,000 people dead, over 2.2 million yeah. displaced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That experience helped you say, oh, no, no, we're not going to go down that road because right. I know we're, right. you know, this could split, that could split. Talk about that experience yeah. and how it You know what? It's a great question. Another great question because um, I'm going to give you the parallel of what I think it's happening today in America and uh, what has happened in Bosnia back in the days. And, and, I, and I would tell you, 
we experienced, and we talked a little bit earlier about some of your experience in Africa and, and, and some people, you know, you see that right now in the, in the, in the, in the East Africa where people are killing each other uh, over the religion, right? Over the, over the you know, you know th- there was a lot of religion, religious oppression um, back in the middle of Europe there. And, and you, have, you had three of us living together, right? You had, you had people, uh, Christians and Muslims living together. And, and with a history of goes back to 1389, okay, just long history. And there was a lot of that going on. And, and, you know, first world war started in my city. I'm born in Sarajevo and the first world war started when the young Serb killed the Prince, Fer- uh, 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 Prince Ferdinand. I mean, that, that's how the war started in 1914. And then in 1942, you had a second world war and, you know, ex-Yugoslavia was the, the only country that was fighting Germans back then. The only, the only resistant movement was, was really there outside of United States and, and, uh, and Russia. So you had the history of there and then the communism started in 1945. And, and the reason why communism and the reason why the war started is because we had to suppress our religious rights because nobody was able to express themselves. And then when the Tito died in 1980s, people went back to say, but wait a minute, you know, I'm, Christian Orthodox, you're Christian Catholic, you're Muslim, you know, who's going to be our leader? How are we going to do this? And, and what happens, the division is created, right? Before any, before any war and before any problems, and I will tell you today, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel a little bit of that going on when there is a division among people. Right. And, and once you and, and, and we had that division back in the early 90s. And what happens is, you know, the, the way the way you conquer the world is you start putting people against each other. Right. And, 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 and when I say putting people against each other is, you know, you start to feel unless I'm Christian Orthodox, I don't want to have a leader who is a Christian Catholic or Christian or Muslim, or whatever. I want to have my own. And, and, and you start having those issues. So me going through that process, me realizing that at the young age has a lot to do with me being who I am today and realizing, you know, looking at the world from the different lenses, hold on. Does that really, does that really make any sense why would I think like that? We're not going to go that route. That this is not what we want to do. We want to we want to create a company, a culture, a relationship where we all can coexist together. And uh, and it most definitely had to do with me having uh, views on the world that are a little bit different than than I would say some other people that didn't have my experience. Because Kellen, me and you, me and you, and any human being on this earth, we are all products of our own experiences right and for me to also understand black culture in america i had to talk to my black advisors right and and jermaine and jason and 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 i asked them hey i want to ask you a question i didn't walk in your shoes can you talk to me about what are your experiences growing up and everything that's going on i want to hear from you i don't want to hear from the news i want to know how you've been uh, uh, what, what are your experiences? Because this is what my experiences are, right? So, so just finding out also from the people that are in the firm, you know, sharing that because, because that's not, a, we don't have any taboo subjects. Like we can talk about anything, right? It's, it's not like there's nothing, you know, I'm not gonna, nobody's gonna judge anybody, right? Because it, it, this is life. We're all sharing what's happening. You know, we can have a differences of the opinions, but 
for me to embrace you truly, I have to understand you. You got to share with me what you went through and I'll share with you what I went through. And that's how we're going to be able to work better together. So I think what's happening today is people are not really talking about that. They don't come to their neighbors or they don't come to somebody with different perspective and say, hey, tell me about your life. How did you grow up? What happened? You know, what kind of, did you have any oppressions? Did you have any discrimination? Did you, talk to me about that because I want to understand because the way the change happens and people are talking about the change, there's, there's a lot of that going on. It's a big push, right? Well, for you to understand the change, you have to have conversations. You have to have communications. You, you, have to, you, you cannot be superficial about it. You've got to go really, really, really deep. And I go deep. And, and I take responsibility for my relationships. I take responsibility for my actions. And, uh, and you know what? You know, uh, I don't know, if you, Kellen, if you ever, if you ever um, experienced this, but you know how they say he or she is different. He or she is different at work versus in personal life. He or she is different when she's, you know, here or versus there. I'm the same. Everywhere I've shown up, I'm the same. I am who I am. And because I understand that, I, I, can, I can just experience true freedom, right? And true freedom is when you don't have to worry about who is next to you. Like you can, be a, you can be somebody from my country. You can be somebody from Asia, Africa, America. I, I, I'm going to be just the same guy who I am. So that's just what I think. And I think that, you know, uh, even my, my hair is a rebellion sometimes to corporate because, you know, oh, you can't have this. Love locks is what I call it. And it's perfect for quarantine time. But I was, you know, do, growing this out before then. It's I want to be who I want to be. If I want to cut this all off, I'm, I'm at a position where I can show up. And if I'm in a suit, however, I style my hair because I do like to have it styled. But for the longest, this it would be you can't have locks. I mean, the only person who had locks who was successful was Sway, um, right. you know, from MTV. And even Akon talked about how he had to cut off his hair to be able to get, you know, really blow up and do his deal. And I'm like, my goodness, he has a whole song about it. And so yeah. it's, it goes from your hair to just, you know, if you want to be artificial. I'm like you. I am who I am. If yeah. you don't like it, we can um, get a boxing ring or an octagon anytime. We can talk about it um, yeah. there. But I, I don't want to argue with you about it. I'm, you know, it's either we're going to get along because I love the joke or yeah. we can finish it inside of a gym. But yeah. a lot of folks say, you know, they're not, they can't say that. Or they'd be fired if they say that. They tell that to a Well, well you know, Kellen, you're right. And the reason, you know, why me and you and maybe some other people are feeling that way is because we are also entrepreneurs, right? We are, you know, we are not part of this corporate world, Right, the most people are living in, and, and in those corporate worlds, you have the rules. Right? You and, and and the problem that I think is the rules are set up by somebody who doesn't understand your culture, right? Who doesn't understand what? So so that's the reason why people do what they do, or they can. And and it's funny you said that about about the hair because that's exactly what the guy, my my, my one of my advisors, Jason Carter, who told me that is like Nash. I would go to an interview with my, with my braids and, and people would look at me differently, right? And, and, and it's just been hard, right? So we talked about that, right? That, that's just, he's, he's from, he's from, he lives in Bakersfield, 
but um, you know, same area as York and California. It was, it was, it's just, it, it, it's just the problem is when the rules are written by somebody else. And, and I think, I think that's the push for the change. I think that's what's coming. I, I think it's, it's been, it's been happening and, 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 you know, hopefully people will be able to embrace themselves and be who they are and, and, you know, uh, kind of go from there. Okay. No, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I mean, the world is changing and I tell people not to, um, you know, poke fun at anybody, but I say, you know, in Seattle, I said, I can see a six foot three, 250 pound guy in a dress. Most people look like it's normal. If you want to wear your hair a certain way, or I see a guy in jean shorts, um, and he's going to a corporate meeting in Seattle, that's all acceptable because Google and Amazon and are yeah, full of yeah. those people. But you try that in New York, <laughs> it might be a different scenario yeah, unless you're, yeah, you know, sure. somebody big. Yeah, sure, big next. sure, sure, sure. So, no, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I think but, but again, I think it's coming down. People not talking to each other, people not understanding each other and just having this, a relationship on the surface. You cannot have the relationships on the surface and think you're going to build a culture of diversity. And, and you know, you just got to get really, really deep with people and truly understand what people are going through, right? Um, and, and I will tell you something. I, I would say this to you, um, you know, that I was thinking about a lot this year. You know, people say, well, what do you think about all of this and what was going on? And, 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 I'm, and I'm not trying to get political or anything like that because I'm not. But, you know, um, if you think about, you know, this country, you know, 40, 50 years ago, how it looked and how it looked today, you know, so, you know, it's also very hard to think about what what was happening during the Martin Luther King movements and everything was going on back then and, and, and how people wanted to make the change back then. And, but it hasn't been that long ago. It's just been 50 years. You know, it's not like, you know, um, so I think we have a long way to go. You know, I think we have a long way to go. We have gone a long way, but I think, I think uh, there's, there's a long way to go. Definitely, definitely is. And when talking about building up the culture and, you know, uh, building up people, um, I, I had mentioned I, I wanted to come back to that because how do you do that? You know, the military, the U.S. military, they build up people, but first they have to break them down. And that's what the whole boot camp and, you know, dragging people through the mud and all that is um, how do you do it as you know a, a ceo yeah that's that's a great question so let's say kellen you, you come to work with me and we start having a conversation about first of all we don't do we get to know each other we don't do i don't do formal interviews with people because that, that's also something that is i think in my opinion is is part of the past like you have to have a conversation and get to know somebody so when i when i'm bringing somebody in into the firm, I focus on them. I focus on, hey, I want to find out what drives you. I want to find out what are your dreams and goals and where do you want to go? And my job is going to be to help you get there. That's my opening dialogue with everybody who comes in. Now, right there and then, when you start having those kinds of conversations with people, for the first time, they realize this is about me. And it's about me, you know, going where I need to go. And all of a sudden, you're having this empowerment right there and then, right? I, I'm in a financial business. You, you are my client. I work for you. I'm an advisor-centric firm. I want to help you build your business. And 
And as you're building it, as you're doing it, we always go back to what you told me in that first meeting. And, and I say, what are the consequences for you not really building and doing what you said you're going to do? You're not going to fulfill your dreams. You're not going to, this is not about me. This is not about Vespec. This is about you, right? And that builds a lot of trust. And, uh, and you know, we always talk about self-accountability, right? It's like you got to be accountable for your own success. But the only way I as a CEO can come to people and talk about that is if we, have, if we build a relationship, right? We've we got we to have a relationship to help somebody go to a place. And, 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 and we're talking about leadership. We don't have management. Management is a, to me, management is a word. Nobody wants to be managed. Like, I don't want to be managed. You don't want to be managed. You know, people want to be led and people want to experience leadership, right? And what's leadership? You know, everybody has different definitions of leadership, but to me, leadership is about helping people around you go to a place where they are afraid to go by themselves. And that's how we do that, Kellen. We, we, we talk about that from the get-go. We build them up, and, and, and all of a sudden, they're feeling more confident. They're feeling more excited. They're feeling like somebody cares. They're feeling that they're in the control of their own destiny. So, you know, and, and that's why in 13 years, I've done what I've done, right? I've, I've built a company that people take 40, 50, 60 years to build because it's not about me, and it's not about my partners. It's about people. And when people realize it's about people, people are actually doing a lot more, a lot more things, right? I mean, looking at you, right? You're sitting down, you have the pool in, in the back, you have a lot of greenery, you have a great house. And I talk to people, what is your dream? Well, I want to have this, this, and that. Great. What do you think you got to do today? I got to work really hard. That's great. You want to do this on, on a consistent and everyday basis, or you want to do this just when you wake up one day and say, I really want that. No, you got to remind yourself every single day about your goals and dreams. And so I'm big on that. I'm big on dreams. I'm big on goals. I'm big on, you know, hey, I want to build something for myself, but, but not, but, you know, uh, uh, be on my own, right? I, I need a company to help me get there. So that's how I do it. That's the conversations that I have with people. It's always about them. It's always about them. And think about it. People say, what is your vision? My vision is the vision of the 200 people in the company. I, it, I'm a, my vision is the sum of everybody else's vision. But, you know, I'm driven by the legacy. I'm driven by doing something that hasn't been done before me. I'm driven by, you know, just doing some great things, right? And, and, and that's what keeps this moving. So I hope this helps no, that's, you. That's awesome. No, it, it definitely does. And, and more importantly, I hope it helps the, the, the whole community because just sparking one is, you know, that, that type of spark will, will, will help. What, you know, with all the success that you've had, what is your community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? It's, it's a great question. You know, we, 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 Vespec is always giving and all of our advisors are giving back. And I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, Rich, you can maybe jump in and, and mention because you handle this whole project. During the COVID, okay, and look, I'm an immigrant. You know, I, I, I know how difficult it is to be in this country. But when we were looking to buy masks, Okay, I went uh, uh, and we bought, we spent $35,000 in the partnership with, with the Guardian, which is a big company out of New York. We did a partnership with them and we invested. We spent $35,000 on buying masks from the woman-owned immigrant businesses. So they were, these were woman immigrants that we bought stuff from because we wanted to help them during the COVID. And I think we, we 
we put $35,000 into that project. Uh, and then we got the masks and with our advisors in our communities, we went in our communities and we give those masks to all of these business owners uh, that, we, that we have in our community. So this is just a, one of the recent things, but you know, we're giving away so much. I don't know, Rich, if you want to help out here because you... Uh, um, yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's something that, you know, we believe in giving back to the community. Like Nash said, is that we had this opportunity where there's a lot of people who've been negatively impacted from uh, COVID. And we figured, well, what can we do to help out these other people? And, you know, it's one of those things of paying it forward. And, and it's been great because not only were we able to help out these immigrant women, but we've also been able to help, help out the businesses. And we, there's a lot of other efforts we've done similar to that. And then our, 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 our partner in Vegas, Travis, we just talk about Make-A-Wish Foundation. We just, we just, he's on the board. We did big, big push there. But then generally, you know, if you ask me, where do you like to give Nash? Yeah, I love to give to educational institutions. I'm big on the education. You know, I, I, I think education is power. Right. You know, people get educated, you know, even when you think about diversity, right, for you to truly understand and embrace diversity, you also have to be educated. You have to know the history. You have to know the facts. You have to know really what happened before you arrived. Right. And, you know, you see a lot of that history. And, and unfortunately, you know, ignorance, ignorance comes from lack of education. Like if you don't, if you don't know what happened in the past and why people are feeling one way or the other, you got to go back to history to find out, and, and you got to know that. So I'm big on education. I think education is power. Awesome. No, I, I do want to talk about um, you know your company and why people need a company like yours, and we'll say you know your company because a lot of times you'll hear you know experts like um, Dave Ramsey they'll come on and say, you don't need a wealth investor. And if you do, use mine, right? My, my ELP, which you have to go through a Dave Ramsey type course. And yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like Dave Ramsey. Help. But can you tell people, yeah. you know, and the links will be in the description box of this company, folks, so you can see all these services from wealth sure. to identity fraud, all yeah. these things. But yeah. why do they need a company like that? Yeah, no, that, first of all, I don't disagree with what you said. I think what, and I don't disagree with what Dave, Dave Ramsey is saying, but you also got to understand he's talking to the mass publics, right? He's talking to, the, to, to a lot of people. Our company really, we, we specialize in business owners, right? Like people that start their businesses, small, mid-sized, family-owned, you know, those people need a lot of help, right? And it's not just about, you know, being a wealth advisor, hey, help me set up the company. Help me, help me uh, protect my company. Help me with the savings. Help me make smart financial, smart financial decisions. Can you put a team together? Do you know a CPA? Do you know an attorney? It's just a lot more than just product provider, right? I mean, that's, that's what Ramsey's always talking about, products. So I, I'm not going to disagree with, with, with what he's saying. It's just that that's a talk for the public, but, you know, most people that start a business, they need some guidance. So um, I think we give them that guidance. We give them the guidance, guidance when it comes to organization of their wealth, uh, starting their businesses, protecting their businesses, protecting their balance sheet, uh, help them with the savings. We like to call us, 
call ourselves. We help people uh, uh, with making smart finances, smart financial decisions, and we help them save money. We help them with the efficient wealth management, tax planning. There's just all kinds of things that the business people, the start businesses would need. Um, so, you know, are we the necessity? We are not the necessity. That's, I always say this to people. We, we are not, you do not need me. You do not need Westpac, Kellen, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm in, when I was in Bosnia, there was no financial services company in Bosnia because that's just people were living without us, right? So, you know, and I'm assuming in, 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 in Asian, some Asian and African countries, I don't think there is financial services company because it's not a necessity, right? But do you want us in your life? Yes. Can we help you? Yes, right? Um, but it's, it's definitely... Um, well, well, let me, I, definitely I, I, something my PR hat has to cut you off and say, it might not be a necessity, pero is necesito. Be, I have to switch to, to yeah. Spanish because what a high-end, high-level consultant, if we even say, like yourself does, is save people from making mistakes. And people Correct. make mistakes every day. We were talking about overseas. I don't, can't tell you how many entrepreneurs go open up a foreign bank account, but their accountant's here and their accountant has never heard or doesn't think an F-bar is necessary to report on taxes. And it's like, you're about to cost this person tens of thousands of dollars if they make a mistake in their taxes. So you make sure they don't make a mistake. 100%, 100%, 100%, I agree with you. You know, it's it, people make mistakes and, and we help them make those smart financial decisions and, and we don't want them to step on those mines that's going to potentially destroy, you know, their balance sheet and everything they're building. And you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and, and thank you for saying that, but absolutely right. I mean, we, we, we guide them, we provide that financial guidance, business guidance, and... Uh, and, 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 and they are happy. They, they, you know, we create value. We really, truly create value in their lives. And, and they like that. And, and, and we build relationships with them. So it's not just a business transaction um, because I'm big on life, work, integration. That's the word that we use in our firm, right? It's not just about, you know, we, we, we like to integrate our life and work and, and, and we like to work in our communities with our friends, with the people that we know and, and we get referred in and, and it's just, we're building these little communities. So um, absolutely agree with you on that. Well, I thank Nash and Rich, who was going to be quiet, but he, he got to chime in. Nash set him up. I'm, I'm yeah. glad. That you you know you guys came by gave the game. I don't want to give a game overload. So you guys make sure you check out the links, check out the stuff in the description box, like, share. Let's help each other out with unity. We all win. Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, Kelly, for having us on the podcast, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.